Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Yeah, welcome again to Now Church. Glad that you're here. It's so exciting to be together for our 30th anniversary. And uh, 33rd, 33rd anniversary, I said 30th because today is Pastor Lindsay's, well, tomorrow will be 30 years since we hired Pastor Lindsay to be our worship, our worship young man. And he's been here 30 years tomorrow. Uh, for those of you who don't know the story, we met him by a freak accident down in Kissimmee, Florida, where he was part of a contemporary Christian pop group uh, that was working out of Nashville and all over the country. And uh, one of the young ladies that was in the group of four, the group was called Area Code. You can look it up online and see his video <clears throat> of Pastor Lindsay at 19 or 20. Anyway, uh, tremendous area code. Don't, don't forget your area code. Anyway, so uh, Leanza Cornette was part of the group, and that year she won Miss Florida, then she won Miss America, then she went up going to Hollywood, and um, suddenly the group was gone, and he was sitting down there working. I called it Target. He called it Target. He was working at Target, and we met him through a series of, how you know, God sets up circumstances, and... Um, when we, we started to build a relationship really slowly, had him come in and sing and lead worship, and it was just very powerful. And I said, uh, man, if we, can, if we can get this guy to come be with us for five years, we'll be blessed because he's so talented. But how many of you know the Bible says that someone who begins as a servant can easily become a son? And he became a son, not only to the house and the vision, but to my, to my wife and I. And um, i just love you to give a great thank you to the Lord and to Pastor Lindsay Seals for 30 years. <clears throat> 30 years, what a great, what a great opportunity. And 33 years ago, tomorrow was a Tuesday night. We had a meeting. I was still a youth pastor in our big church in Orlando. And we came up here. We started in a little warehouse that was, uh, it was like a little lawnmower shop down toward Bellevue, about three miles south. Uh, what used to be our office is now Papa John's Pizza. And we had the warehouse next door to that by Bellevue Santos Elementary. And it was the beginning of the adventure 33 years ago. Like my wife said, I mean, I, I, I say it all the time, you know, days are long, but years are short. And I don't understand that. But in the concept of God and time, you know, oh, it's Christmas again. Oh, it's Christmas again. You know, the years go flying, but some of the days drag on. We've been through some stuff, but God has been faithful and to him be all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. And it is a joy to surrender it all to him afresh because we came up as uh, young people just with what I call raw faith and not much else. We didn't have any money. We didn't have any uh, savings. We didn't have any anything except love for Jesus, love for each other, love for our kids, and a willingness to do any crazy thing he'd ask us to do. So we came together in that little warehouse and bless the Lord, uh, you know, we froze up the air conditioning on the third week because we had a, a, such a big crowd, which was awesome. Anyway, it's exciting. I just want to honor you. I want to take a minute. Um, 
I just want to say thank you for everything you're doing and you've done. I want to honor those of you that have been here for more than 20 years. I I don't know if anybody's left from those days, but anyway, I do know. But anyway, if you've been here more than 20 years at Now Church, what used to be Spirit Life, would you stand up? We want to see where you are. Would you honor some of these pioneers, some of these, these folks that helped us get going? Thank you so much. Some of you are standing in the booth. Some of you are standing back there. Thank you. You can be seated. I just want to honor you guys. You're the overcomers and conquerors. Some of you that are coming in and helping us with this building, you don't know. Those folks helped pay for this building and got, in, got us in here. And we're so grateful for what all the Lord is doing. Now, we can't have a, an anniversary without gifts. And so I like to give out stuff, you know, for our celebration. How many like to get presents? You like to get presents? Anyway. So Pastor Gail found something that everybody needs that we thought would be a great gift. It's a little thing. It's not a big deal. But um, how many you know, sometimes you see something that opens a jar and it's, it's just uh, one of those gripper things. So we got Now Church grippers. Now, I apologize in advance. It's not the Now Church purple. It's more Barney purple which I don't like Barney Pearl, but it's, it's the best we could do. Anyway, it's going to be really good. And according to the vision, we'll get you unstuck. <clears throat> so anyway, ushers, come on, bring those down. You get, a, you get a, a gripper and you get a gripper and you get a gripper. I can be Oprah today. Everybody gets a gripper. Anyway, everybody take a gripper, take one down, pass it around and yeah, yeah, not do bottles of beer on the wall. But anyway, you know... <clears throat> Anyway, don't be quiet today, okay? Don't be shy. He said, don't be shy, my soul. So everybody respond today. Loosen up a little bit. It's great. How many got to see the building before the service? Tremendous. Isn't that exciting to see what's coming? All those spaces for kids. I mean, the three and four-year-olds, the five and six-year-olds. Did you you walk through the little Jack and Jill bathroom between those and see the little tiny potties and sinks? Isn't that sweet? It's just so cute over there. Anyway, just, uh, just very, uh, very, very blessed. And it is, it is filled with the spirit of excellence. All you got to see was the cake today. The frosting will be available this summer, okay? We'll have, we're we're going to have our grand opening August 27th. Put it, on, put it on your calendar. Pastor Steve Kelly, our pastor from Virginia Beach, Virginia, will be here to dedicate our building Sunday morning, August 27th. It's going to be great. All right, let's get into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God that's able to save us and change us. We begin a new theme. It's, I know it's the end of a month and we're kind of between, but we're beginning for May because this is my time to be able to share with you. I'm calling this month the power of touch. The power of touch. Everybody say it, the power of touch. So important. <clears throat> Mark chapter one is where we're gonna begin in verse 40. It says, now a leper came to Jesus imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, walked away from him, said, you're unclean and you're dirty and I can't take it. No, that's not what it says, is it? Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. Now, I don't know if you realize what a big deal this is in scripture. Lepers, not only could you not touch them, if they touched a priest or a holy man, the holy man became unclean. They could, he could have been cast out with him if anybody saw him, and he's in a crowd, so they sure they saw him. <clears throat> he would have immediately been put out of the community, 
out of the city gates into a leper colony because it's, it's considered so unclean. And yet Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately, everybody say immediately. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. My friends, if this was a gradual miracle, they were both gonna be either stoned or sent out to the leper colony. Immediately, what could they say when he wasn't a leper anymore? What could the crowd say? So he, cleansed, he was cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him, he was cleansed. Luke chapter eight, <clears throat> I wanna show you this one. Pastor Chris talked about it last week real briefly. And Jesus said, verse 45, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Let's pray one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart and let your word not just be in the Bible, but let it come into the room. Let your word dwell in us richly and open our hearts to perceive conceive and receive everything you've got for us, God. We want you to speak for your words are powerful and we want your touch in Jesus' name. Amen. So Pastor Tristan, our youth pastor and I were in meetings with Pastor Sam or Dr. Sam Chand in Atlanta this past week, Monday and Tuesday. And Tuesday morning, we were leaving our hotel and we had to catch Uber or Lyft, and I don't, I don't, I'm not familiar with all that stuff. I don't use that in Ocala. I've used it a little bit uh, around the world, but, you know, so I just said, well, you know, before we left the room, I said, you know what? Uh, we're let, we're going to use Lyft today. Let's just pray for our driver that we get the right driver. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't need a crazy person in Atlanta <clears throat> taking me around back of the airport, you know, and, and, and so I just said, I just, let's pray. So we prayed for our, we literally prayed for our driver, and when, uh, they t- then they sent us a text, okay, Michael's going to pick you up in, a, in a, you know, three minutes. So Michael pulls up, and we get in. He's an international guy, probably from the islands or something at some point. And he's, he's very chatty, very sweet guy. And he starts talking, and, he's, and, and, um, and he says, you know, uh, I see everything here as a Lyft driver. He said, you know, the other night, he said, he said a, lot, a lot of times I work on the weekends in the middle of the night, and I pick up drunks and drug addicts and people that just, just lost. And he said, and I kind of used this time to kind of talk to him. And, and, and I said, oh, are you a Christian? He goes, yes, I am. How did you know that? And I said, I said well, as we're, we're pastors. We're Christians. We, we love Jesus too. And he was all excited. He goes, you know, I've never, out of all the people I've picked up, I've never picked up pastors. This is my honor to take you to your destination. I thought, well, that's so sweet. He goes, but the other night he said, oh, you got to know this. He said, I picked up this young lady and she's by herself. He said, it's like two o'clock in the morning. She's just coming out of a bar and she just starts crying and talking about her home life and the abuse and all the stuff she faced growing up. And he said, I'm telling you guys, everybody needs human touch. And I was already preparing for this message. I get a nudge from my youth pastor. <laughs> okay, there's, your, there's your, your setup story. And it really is <clears throat> because everybody needs more human touch. 
Human touch. Some people are funny about it. Some people are awkward. I won't mention any of our staff members' names, but some of them don't, they, they don't, they, they're not, well, Pastor Chris, he used to be, um, <clears throat> I say used to be now because he used to be kind of awkward. He, he, he's not, he wasn't a hugger when he came. So Pastor Chris, by the way, he's been with us more or less the whole 33 years. Give it up for Pastor Chris and Bonnie. I mean, it. We even sent him out to start a church in Michigan, and he came back three years later. Um, God called him, but it was, I know it was the weather. I know it was the weather in Michigan. Anyway, but anyway, we, we couldn't get rid of him even sending him out. But now we don't want to because he's, we call him the people glue. He gets people to stick around. He's, he's one of our linchpins here. But he was, when he first came in, he was like real awkward about hugs and, you know, handshakes and stuff. He's very chatty. He's very, got the gift of, yeah, he's funny about it. But now, since he's become a, a grandfather the last few years, all, the, all that went out the window. He'll, he'll hug everybody any time, any place now, especially those granddaughters. And uh, can I tell them the news about your... You? So they have a new grandson on the way. They have a new grand... Their first grandson is on the way. They just told us a couple weeks ago, so very excited about that. Anyway, the power of touch. We all need human touch, even if we're not touchy-feely. Some people are more tactile than others. Some people have, you know, if they see something, I, 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 I want to touch it. My, my, uh, my youngest grandson is eight and a half, almost nine, and he's very tactile, even since he was made. He's got to, if he sees something, he wants to feel it. I, I got to touch that. What is that? How does it work? Something I've never said, except about the Bible. You know, I just, I just, I just don't, uh, he's very curious about that. We're all still living in the wake of post-traumatic stress of the pandemic, whether you believe it or not. And isolation, the great disconnect is one of the biggest things that we're seeing in the world today as the after effects continue. At the same time, AI, you know, artificial intelligence is increasingly making decisions for humanity, primarily based on the mindset of programmers who probably don't share our values. I, I just, I was reading some studies that confirm the importance of human touch, and I won't be long with this, but just, just to give you some basic stuff, a recent Swedish study shows that touch is a primary sense, and in early infancy, it, must, it may be the most important of the five senses. Infants are born with experience with touch. Prenatally, the fetus has, fetus has ample opportunity to sense physical contact with its own body and the immediate prenatal environment inside of its mother's womb. The skin is our largest sense organ, and young babies use it to their advantage. Typically, infants seek as much physical contact with another, another person as possible. <clears throat> when held, excuse me, infants tend to snuggle. I, man, I, I love that. We've got five grandkids, and I, I love it with all of them. It's hard to get the, 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 the snuggle of the 14-year-old right now. He's not, he, he'll give big hugs, but he's not the snuggler right now. But when held, infants tend to snuggle into your neck and mold themselves into you. They kind of lean in, just kind of cuddle you. This position is calming for the infant, and it also allows infants to get to know their caregivers. Uh, one study shows that touch deprivation creates a myriad of problems in children. They don't, they don't even develop physiologically or psychologically in the same way as kids that are nurtured. When touch is nurturing, in other words, loving, kind, and wanted by the child, touch plays a key role, healthy child development. Nurturing physical touch promotes development of young children's physiological systems, 
involved in regulating emotions and stress responses. Just give you three things real quick. Consider some natural reasons why we all, we all need human touch. Number one, human touch boosts your mental and physical wellness. Hugs, pats on the back, holding hands with your spouse. All those touches make such a difference to you, to the way you feel, to the way you perceive, <clears throat> to your outlook on life. Number two, human touch, we all have a network of dedicated nerve fibers in our skin that detect and emotionally respond to the touch of another person. We have these receptors inside of us that are ready to help us emotionally, mentally, physically, because of the senses God placed in mankind. And number three, certain endorphins, certain types of endorphins are released, which combat stress, producing calm and internal peace and contentment. Why is it when you have bad news or something hits you, 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 you need somebody just to hold on to you? Think about that. What is, what's the big deal of that? It's because in that, there's release in that there that you're you're getting these uh, oxytocin. Oxytocin is a is a hormone that is a natural painkiller. Listen to this. It reduces heart rate and blood pressure. It gives you warm fuzzy happiness that's released into the brain. Touch creates reassurance, empathy, and comfort. It lights up the same pleasure centers in your brain as if you're having. Chocolate cake. <laughs> Hug, chocolate cake, both please. <laughs> Amen. I'll have a little slice of both. So think about it. When you hurt, when you stub your toe, or you hurt your knee, what do you do? You don't look at it, you grab it. The first response, the first impulse, the first instinct it, when, some, when, when you hurt part of your body, is to grab that part of the body. It's to immediately embrace it, not shun it, which is a lesson for the body of Christ. When one part of our body is hurting, the Bible says, we're all hurting. And we all need to surround at that moment and just take hold. We need to join together. See, right now, <clears throat> isolation and loneliness is the new pandemic. There are people, like my parents are now uh, 84 and 83. Since the pandemic, they haven't been the same. Not because of their age, but because of their attitude. Right now, uh, I'm dealing with some stuff with my father, and please be praying for Dr. Burt Perenchief. He's a, he, he's a very proud guy. And um, anyway, he's had some weakness in his body, and we're trying to get him to eat properly. He's, he thought he's being noble by trying to go for the uh, Mr. Universe of 85 years old magazine or something. He lost like, he lost some weight over the last couple of weeks on purpose. And he's already skinny. <clears throat> and so the biggest problem when you're over 80 is not eating too much. It's not eating enough. So anyway, we're dealing with that part. But part of the deal is they're so isolated. they very social people, and now they don't go hardly anywhere. They don't hardly do anything. Loneliness. Let me tell you something. 
Fox News Channel or CNN can't, they're not your friend. That, 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 that you know, that's another whole situation. I won't even go into all that. But anyway, the point is that we live since COVID, the post-COVID world, a lot of people are like my parents, not just older people. There are a lot of people of all ages, all races, all nations, all backgrounds that suddenly are afraid to touch anybody else when they need that touch the most. They need that relationship. They need that, they need friendships. The Bible says, woe to him is alone when he falls. We need each other. A threefold cord, two is better than one, but threefold cord isn't easily broken. That's, that's you and me, me and my wife, whatever, with Jesus in the center. Jesus at the center of every relationship. Touch comforts within the body of Christ. We need to bring healing. It brings comfort. God made us for connection. Right from the outset of the word, God made all these things in creation, the creation week in Genesis 1, and said, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. He created man in his own image, male and female created them, and said, it is not good for man to be alone. That loneliness has become the new pandemic. Social distancing may have started out to save people, but studies show that today it's destroying people because they're still remaining socially distant. We got some people today, you may be watching online, you may be part of this congregation. We're glad that you're watching, that's better than not watching, but we need you here to look you in the eye to let you know how loved you are, how blessed you are, and you need somebody to greet you, hold you, welcome you. you this, that's good. This is better. Being in the room is better. Our God is a God of Shema. Shema is an old covenant word that speaks of God. The, God is present. God is with me. He's in the room and I can sense him. Shema. Don't miss the Shema by just believing all the lies that are out there in the world. The UK right now, United Kingdom, England, has formed a new government um, department, the Department of Loneliness. Can you believe it? They, they have realized that in that country, a lot of people, most people don't go to church in England anymore, even though 100 years ago, they carried the gospel to the world. 100, 150 years ago, England was one of the leading distributors around the world through the commonwealth of the gospel of the kingdom. Today, only a very small percentage know the Lord, claim to be Christians, or even go to church. And what they're finding out right now is because of that, the, the unintended consequences of that is that people are lonelier in the UK than ever, and they're gonna, they do, they're gonna do what governments do, throw money at the problem. But that's not, it's, not a, it's not a money issue. It's a relationship issue. It's gotta be a grassroots kind of thing. We need the church to be the church. We need God's people to be the ones that are welcoming with open arms. In the Bible, there's even a doctrine, according to Hebrews 6, of laying on of hands, the power of touch, touching someone for the purpose of impartation, of wisdom, of blessings, of spiritual gifts, of healings or miracles. Jesus laid his hands on people. He touched them. He touched lepers. Jesus even touched lepers. He, he, he touched the people. Considered incurable and highly contagious, God touched the outcasts of that day through the hands of Jesus. 
And he wants to touch the outcasts of our day through the hands of Jesus today. But where are the hands of Jesus today? Right here with us. In us. His body, the church of the living God. Folks, when God touches you and you touch others with his love and power, you change the world. Because touch touch is physical, but there's also a way to touch someone's heart. You can touch someone emotionally. You can touch someone. Many times Jesus just spoke the word to to the centurion soldier. He said, if you come to my house, my servant needs to be healed. Jesus said, go your way. He's already healed. When you get home, it's already done. He spoke the word because the man said, I understand I'm a man under authority in the military. I understand authority. And I get this. He said, if you speak the word, my servant will be healed. Jesus said, I haven't seen such faith. This guy was an Italian soldier in the Roman army. He was not Jewish. He was not a believer. And yet he believed and trusted in Jesus. When Jesus, when that guy got back to his house, Jesus already touched that man through the word. Through the word. The word of God touches. It equips. It does something powerful. Activate. Let me ask you a question. Is your faith taking any action right now? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What kind of action are you taking with your faith? Jesus said, whenever he'd deal with with healings or miracles, many times, like the man with the withered hand, Jesus said, stretch out your hand. The man could have said, that's what I want you to pray for. I can't stretch it out. But the Bible said, as he did what Jesus said. As he stretched out his hand, it became whole, like the other one. There's an activation point. Faith has trigger points. There's got to be something where you step out in something to activate your faith. You have to activate it. Faith is a team sport, not a spectator sport. Participation is a must. Touch isn't just physical, as I said. You can emotionally touch someone's heart with your actions of faith. The book of Acts is, is, is the book of actions of the early church, actions of the apostles. How do you touch the heart of God? And we'll finish with this. How do you touch the heart of God? The spirit of generosity. The spirit of generosity with what you have. The Bible says in Mark chapter 12, you don't have to turn there, but it says that one day Jesus was in the temple and he sat over against the treasury And the Bible says he watched as the people gave. And when he saw a woman give two coins, two mites, he called the disciples over, guys, come here. The Bible says he saw how much the rich people were giving. And he saw how much this woman was giving. And he said, guys, come here. This woman, she doesn't have riches. She gave all she had out of her need. She gave, she gave the best offering of the whole place because it's not about the amount. It's about how much you have left over. It's about what's going on in your heart and how you're willing to trust. She could have given, she had two pennies. She could have given one and she gave half away. But she gave everything she had trusting that God was going to meet her need. That's an activation point. Jesus saw how they gave, and he was more impressed with her than he was with any of the wealthy people. We've got to understand that there's, there's certain things. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 talks about 
sowing and reaping. And I'm not going to go into all of it, but I found a great translation in the Passion Translation. I'll read a couple of verses in a second. But the Bible says, you know the verse, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. I got a question for you. Are you an over-the-top person or a just-enough-to-get-by person? Because that's a big deal to God. Is your faith just, your, you know, do you just obey, do you keep the rules? Are you a rule keeper? Any Pharisee can keep the rules. Faith people are people that are the over and above, the over-the-top people that say, wait a minute, I want to engage. If, if, we're, if I'm trusting God, I'm, trusting, I'm all in. I'm trusting God with everything I got. I'm not going to play a game. I mean, I remember when I was first called to preach, I thought, well, God, I think you got the wrong guy. I, 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 I'm not a preacher. I haven't been to seminary yet. I don't know what I'm doing. I just love you and want to do the next thing you ask me to do. Well, I didn't realize till later, that's the primary requirement. The best ability is availability. And I just said, okay, God, whatever you want to do, I'm here. And God said, okay, I can do something with this kid. Understand that if you're just always trying to do enough to get by, God, our God shows that his goodness is always over the top, not just what he has to do for us. When he responds to our needs, it's not just our needs. He always supplies abundance and does the over and above. If you're looking for freedom right now, your freedom's not gonna be just enough freedom to where you, or you're a little better than you used to be. It's gonna be an ultimate freedom because God's not done working while you're getting free, you're still getting free and getting freer. Because it's so much, there are so many knots inside of us that God in his goodness, he just unties those knots and it doesn't all happen in a day. Walk with him, walk with him. One of the reasons I wanted to honor the people that have been here 20 years and over is simply because one of the exciting things for me is to see, is to do life together with people who, we've been through some highs and lows. We've been through some crazy times. We've been through, we've been through times where we didn't know if we'd survive as a church financially when the, when the whole housing market crashed in 2008. We suffered. We went through, we dropped by 50% in income and almost didn't survive, but we survived. We're still here by the grace of God. Think of those people that hung in with us when, the, when, o, when Ocala was just going down and the villages was going from this big thing into just this contraction of all the jobs were just suddenly gone. We had a guy in the villages, one of our, one of our big givers back in the day that made six-figure salary as a realtor in the villages. And he wound up delivering pizzas just to put food on his table. I mean, folks, we've been through, we've seen some stuff. We've been through, you know, believing for healing together, seeing miracles seeing some that people that went on to heaven early. We've seen all, we've seen it all, but we're still trusting in him because his word is true and he never lies and you can trust God. He is trustworthy, amen? I wanna finish with this. I'm gonna read a couple of scriptures, a couple of verses from this, 2 Corinthians 9 from the Passion Translation. If you don't have that, you can look it up online. Very powerful. Verse six says this, here's my point. Paul writes, a stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. It's not because you have to, it's because you get to. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. I love that. 
down to verse 10. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Everybody say plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Verse 11, you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. Now I wanna stop right there for a second. What I believe we need to realize, and I kind of drilled down in this, just meditating on this thought that the Bible says when you step out and activate your faith in touching the heart of God in your generous giving, at church and in the community, whatever God calls you to do, as you sow it, what happens is you create a chain reaction. I, I, I felt like the Lord called it to me a praise wave. You know how you go to a football game, basketball game, and somebody, start, you know, somebody goes, whoa. And next thing you know, three people are going, Whoa. And then maybe a couple of people. And then it starts. And if you've been in it, I know uh, a few of our people hate those kind of things. But I, I love it. When the wave starts going and everybody's doing it around a stadium, it's a real cool effect when you're in there. Well, what God says, what you do, starts a praise wave around the earth. Listen to this. Thankfulness occurs at every step and level. Think about it. Your generosity towards the kingdom blesses God and you feel blessed and thankful. And listen to this, scientific studies show that when you're generous and you give something, you get the same endorphins and oxytocin as if you got a touch, as if you touch someone, you get the same release internally and it makes you healthier and stronger and happier because in your giving, but listen to what happens. It's a chain reaction. You feel blessed and thankful to make a difference when you sow, right? Don't you? When, you? when you help somebody out or you give it, you put the kingdom first. Listen to this. You know if you've been here for a while that what happens here, the church continues to sow seed out of that harvest. And we feel thankful and blessed. Then our missionaries and the churches and people around the world that, that we are able to sow to, think about what we've been able to do for the Ukraine situation alone for our friends in Kharkiv and our friends in Poland that have been helping them. I mean, I'm so happy as a pastor that for what you have done the past 12 months over, I, I mean, we're well over probably close to $50,000 as a, as a mid-sized church. We were probably close to $50,000 now in the last 12, 13 months to help people in Ukraine with that situation. That's a miracle. We didn't have any of it in the budget. There was none of it in the budget. And suddenly you stepped up, God stepped up. And guess what? When, when we helped him, uh, uh, Pastor Valeri over there like two weeks ago to get a new van to help get people around and safely and feed people and stuff like that. He was so excited. He's all blessed. Our missionaries received the gift. Then they're blessed and thankful. Then they sow into their people in the circle where that van is going around Kharkiv, Ukraine today, carrying food and relief. Those people get excited when the van shows up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're sitting here in Ocala and this praise wave starts and what's happening here helps our missionaries and then our missionaries are there. They're sowing. The people they're sowing to get excited. 
The people they're sowing to that know Jesus, they say, well, I got to help somebody else. And they find somebody and they sow down and sow into their church. And then that goes and they get blessed and thankful that they can make a difference. They glorify God and it goes on and on and on. That's a praise wave. And you don't realize it when you're sitting here just doing something, what you do, what you can do. You, you're, you're sitting here going, well, I'm just, I'm just one person. I'm just an Ocala. What difference can I make? But I'm telling you, it's a multiplication of impact. Now church, a mid-sized church in Ocala, Florida for 33 years is a giving church. The core value in our church, one of our core values is generosity. Generous people help other people. Listen to this. I'm not a big mathematician, but here's what I calculated, okay? The last 33 years, I was thinking about somebody giving $10 and somebody giving $100, somebody giving $1,000 and feeling like, you know, well, okay, I sowed that. Then you're just going with your life. But that praise, praise wave is still reverberating. And you wonder if you're making a difference. 33 years I don't know exactly the number that we've averaged every year giving to missions and nations and projects and people outside of our church. But I can tell you it is at least, it's probably close to 100,000 a year on average for 33 years. It's at least 75,000 on average for 33 years. Early years, we didn't have two nickels, but we sure rubbed them together and gave what we could. But we got real quickly into sowing and reaping and trusting God. If we only gave 75,000 a year away as a church, and I promise you it's well more than that, then as a church in 33 years, we've given away over $2.5 million. We were 29-year-old kids that came up from Orlando with a dream and nothing and say, God, what can you do with people to just do what you say to do next? I think we all agree that two and a half million dollars, it's probably closer to three million we've given away to missions and nations around the world to God be the glory. But think about, do you, do you think that's enough to make an impact? Because I sure do. But you don't feel it week in, week out. But that's what's happening. You're part of something bigger than yourself. You're part of something that's making a difference. We've given away millions of dollars. I can hardly believe that. We've given away millions of dollars what a huge blessing. That's what Zig Ziglar used to call going from a life of survival mode to stability mode, from stability to success, and going to a life of significance based on what you're giving, not what you're taking. My friends, that just thrills my heart, and it makes me very thankful to be your pastor. I mean, you touch the heart of God, and you touch the hearts of the people around you, Here's the promise from the word. Your life is going to be pretty great. Your life is going to feel great. It's going to be pretty great. How are you going to have some tough things? Yeah, you will. We all do. But you had those tough things before you knew the Lord too. The reality is life is pretty great when you have more than enough so you can put God's kingdom first. Let's pray together. And then the heavens open in the rain and you can't leave anyway. Wow. Very cool. Let's pray together.
Father, we just give you glory and honor for these 33 years and for what's coming in the next 33. Lord, you know the leadership mantle. You know what you have planned for us. You know what you want to do for us and through us. And Lord, we're just amazed at what's happened here. And all the lives that have been touched, all the souls that have been saved, all the people that have asked Jesus to come into their lives in our personal relationship. Lord, we're so thankful. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Today, Lord, as we come with our heart for the house offering in just a few moments, prepare our hearts to worship you. That this is a thanksgiving offering. That this is a, just an opening of gratitude. That this is an activation point. That this is a place where we step out and say thank you for all you've done, for all you're doing, and for all you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I know it's not a big rah-rah message today, but I just wanted to have that kind of a pastor's heart chat with you in preparing you for what's coming. Right now, uh, if you did not get one of these on the way in or last week when you left, this is our Heart for the House prayer card. What we do is in this, this is our one Sunday a year, we do an over and above sacrificial gift. We ask everybody to be a part of this. Now, if you're here for the first time, we didn't invite you here to ask for anything, so you can relax right now, okay? Just chill. We're not trying to take something from you, we're trying to get something to everybody else. But understand, <clears throat> what happens is, I want you to fill out the most pressing needs. I mean, we've had some times where we get these and this front and back and continued on page two, you know? I don't know what your pressing needs are now, but God does. But you need to connect your faith with your need. When God gives, when God sees your need, he always makes sure you have a seed. It's about seed, seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. You sow, you reap, you trust God. You can't buy miracles. That's not what this is about. But something about when you touch the heart of God, when you touch the heart of Jesus, when you sow and you help to build his house, his promises take care of your house. What my wife was talking about a few minutes ago, earlier when she came up, that she had to surrender again, is we finally got back in our house after being out for a month because we found mold. Our house is 22 years old and suddenly there was a mold issue. I told you a couple weeks ago, we've been in litigation for a roof situation for a year and a half in the courts. My wife on Tuesday said, okay, God, I, you know, our house is all torn up. We've got, we've got uh, the, the uh, drywall is cut out in two rooms, carpets ripped out uh, of our family room, our main TV room. It's disarray. I was, I'm more thankful to be in our home, but it's still more vexing to her than it is to me. This is her workplace, she says, too. <clears throat> so she released it back to God. Thursday, two days later, we had the people come in. Was it Thursday or Friday? It was Friday. Three days later, Friday, after, Friday afternoon, we had the people come in that are bidding to repair the house. 
and tell us what we need to do and what insurance is going to pay, what we have to pay. <laughs> and um, my phone rings. It's the attorney from Orlando. And I picked up the phone. He said, uh, Mr. Parent Chief, I've got some good news for you. I said, I could sure use some good news today. He said, the, the insurance company finally settled and you're gonna have a brand new free roof on your house in the next few weeks. <clears throat> she released it on Tuesday because everything was still tight and held up. But look what God did in three days. He can bring resurrection in three days of anything, right? So I'm just telling you, we're not speaking to you out of a perfect life here. We're talking to you. We're sowing today ourselves in what we're believing God to do. Now, here's what we do. As pastors, we pray over your prayer requests every day for the whole month of May and trust God. We believe, and listen, we've, had, we've seen healings. We've seen jobs. We've seen housing situations. We've seen all kinds of situations evolve. We've seen marriages that were in crisis get back on track, trusting God for a breakthrough. Our God is a breakthrough God, so amen. So here's what we want you to do. If you don't have these, you can fill one out later. We're gonna have, can you, Gary, can you bring the basket up? And, um, and we're gonna have you uh, put a couple offering baskets on the, on the sides now. Okay, this is, our, this is our heart basket, okay? This is what we're gonna be praying over. In just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to pray with your family, with your, with your spouse as we pray for you or prepare our hearts. Bring your prayer request. Listen, the widow's might counts here in the two and a half million to three million dollars we've given away. Everybody's counts. But I'm asking that everybody participate and do something that pinches you, that, that is a sacrifice. If it touches you, it touches God. If it doesn't move you, it doesn't move him. So whatever, this is between you and the Lord, but we're gonna have you come up put an offering in these baskets that are gonna be on the sides and, have, uh, and put your prayer request right here. Then we're gonna pray over all this and we'll let you go in just a few minutes, okay? So right now, let's worship God. If you need an envelope or you need, if you need a, a prayer request, you can, uh, if you're online, you can send this to us. You can send us a prayer request online. We'll be praying for those. We'll fill those out ourselves and put them in the basket as well. Anything else I'm forgetting, Pastor Gail, Pastor Chris? PL, anything else I'm forgetting? Okay. This, we've been talking about so much this week with our anniversary and everything else. So make sure everybody has time. Many of you have been preparing for weeks as have been the children. Uh, they're having their own heart for the house. Giving today is really, really powerful. Um, let's worship the Lord with what he wants us to do. I just want you to stand up right now and come up to the front whenever you're ready. Just put your prayer requests in here, your gifts in either of these baskets, whatever you wanna do, just come right now and be a part of this. If you're doing the I gave card, you can do the, um, you can do the keyword is house. Keyword is house. These, these represent right here people's tears, people's frustrations, some suffering some people that they care about that are going through health battles or maybe health battles themselves. These prayer requests represent bad news. They represent rejoicing in some things and praising God. But these are important to God. The Bible says he takes our 
tears and he bottles them up, stores them in heaven. He knows our agonies. Right now, I'm gonna put this up here. I'm gonna get you to come pray. Let's just pray right now. Stretch your hands toward these needs and let's believe for a breakthrough for these precious folks. You need a microphone? Okay, can you grab? There we go. You want to lead us? Oh, does this mean I can sing like you? Lord, we just thank you that your heart, Lord, is towards these requests. We thank you, Lord God, that your ear is leaned down to listen to the cries of your people. Lord, your arm is stretching out to act upon these things as they have surrendered them to you and invite you in. Lord, we agree right now. We thank you there's power when we agree over every need. God, you know what needs to be done, and we entrust these to you, God. And we thank you that you are Lord of the breakthrough, that there is nothing too hard for you, nothing too difficult for you. We speak open doors. We speak promotion. We speak opportunity. We speak healing. We speak deliverance and freedom. We speak household salvation. Lord, we speak miracles. And we thank you ahead of what you are going to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Now let's praise him like we just got the answer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.